What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 203 today. I remember to check before we started and push record, so that's that's an improvement already. That's good. Uh, NFL updates for you. Uh, NFL discussion. Um, going to go over uh, the fifth-year options that were and were not picked up. I also have a list here from NFL.com of nine QBs in make or break seasons. Let me try that again. Nine QBs in make or break seasons. Uh, we'll discuss that and if we agree with the list. And uh, unfortunately, we got to start with uh, sad news. Uh, legendary uh, NFL running back Jim Brown passed away earlier this week uh, at the age of 87. Uh, 87. Um, I mean... I can just say this much. Uh, on top of being a running back, he was also an actor. He was a, a you know a rights activist and and uh, did a lot of good things and and only played nine seasons. But man, you want to talk about nine like high caliber seasons? I mean, the guy the year the guy retired, nineteen sixty five. He had almost he had fifteen hundred fifty forty four yards and uh, seventeen touchdowns, <laughs> and uh, he had a little bit of a receiving game too. He had thirty four receptions. And four more receiving touchdowns. So for everybody who thinks that the invention of the dual threat back uh, was really just, you know, a recent thing in the last 10, 15, 20 years, uh, that's not true. Uh, Guys like Jim Brown were doing it before, and they were doing it at a time when running was the main focal point of the league. It wasn't all the passing like we see now. Uh, if you haven't really seen much of him, do yourself a favor. Just go watch some clips of him on YouTube or something. The guy was an absolute monster. Um, hundred percent legend. Uh, just killed it numbers wise, uh, multiple time award winner, and a lot of these awards. I'd read them all off, but really wouldn't recognize them because a lot of them, be- even before the like, NFL was in its current iteration, the way we know now. Uh, so I mean, like he has. But this one is three-time NEA MVP. Okay. Um, I mean, he has a whole laundry list of things here, including, you know, uh, All-Pro, Hall of Famer, obviously Pro Bowler, NFL champion, those before Super Bowls were a thing. Um, but one of the best ever. And, and if you want to see a guy run like Derrick Henry in his prime before Derrick Henry was, you know, a twinkle in his parents' eye, uh, go watch Jim Brown because this guy would be it's always hard to say because you know generations differ so much it's in baseball oh the hitters now could never hit the pitchers of the past we don't we don't know that we'll never know that we can think that based on how effective the pitches were back then but i can say i think jim brown would be probably close to a perennial 2000 yard rusher the way he ran the toughness he ran with if he played in today's game he was almost that several times back before they had all these rules to protect everybody. Now the current situation of the game, if a guy like him played, uh, I think he would he'd make a run for the rushing title every year. Um, live the hell of a life. Uh, you know, they said he died peacefully in his home, trying to buy his family. Can't ask for much more than that after living a nice, good, long life. So uh, rest in peace, Jim Brown, and uh, NFO lost a good one. Yeah, I... Yeah, I think you covered pretty much everything there. Um, still considered one of the greatest players to play the game. Absolutely. Uh, impact in the Cleveland community. 
anytime there's something going on with Cleveland, uh, positive, usually he's at the forefront. Many draft um, draft days, he's announcing pick. I don't think he did it this year because obviously, yeah, he probably wasn't feeling 100. percent But um, one of the greats, and he, uh, you can't deny uh, his impact on the game and. Much like you know Barry Sanders, kind of a short career, um, but really impactful. And he transcended the game. He's one of those two that transcended the game into, as you pointed out, acting, activism. So it's, you know, you know, sometimes you just look at the player as you know just a athlete, but uh, he's one of the few where you can just look at him and he just had more to offer than just Mm -hmm. running a ball, catching a ball, throwing a ball. So it's a loss. And unfortunately, um, you know, the game will be hurt by that. And hopefully uh, his family's at peace with where he's at now and uh, wish all the best to them. Yeah. Yeah. I say that. I agree with that. I second that. I meant, excuse me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, not much more you can really add to that. Just uh, sad, but I mean, at the other hand, I mean, sad he's gone. But when you live a life like that, and you had the impact you had, and you accomplished things you accomplished, and you get to, you know, you pass away with your family by your side, at peace at home. I mean, if you're gonna go. That's <laughs> that's you can't really go much better than that. So he even did that well. <laughs> he's even good at that. Like, even even in death, he was uh, better than than. <laughs> Did it better than most people get to do it. So, all right, you want to go to the uh, quarterbacks list? Do you want to do the uh, fifth year options? Um, we'll do the we'll do the fifth year options. I think it's pretty succinct, um, okay. pretty clear uh, what direction the NFL in a large is going, and then uh, we can kind of dive into that list. Sounds good. Um, and that fifth year option. I know we're a little late on this, uh, but it did uh, with the draft, and then going on I, I i felt like it was better to kind of leave this on its own and it really didn't uh you know it, it had it had time to sit and we could think about it uh but the teams had till may 2nd to pick up the fifth year option from the 2020 nfl draft there were 28 players eligible to get their fifth year option picked up um uh, four players. Uh, I know two of them. I found uh, Jeff Gladdy from Minnesota, thirty-one pick, and uh, Isaiah Wilson, the twenty-ninth pick, uh, were both uh, both released, and I don't think they've been picked up by any teams. So those two aren't eligible for a fifth-year option. Um, trying to dig through the other trying to find the other two and i can't really f- figure out which ones they are but um oh was Jan henry Ray ruggs the first round pick well maybe that is one yeah henry ruggs yeah there's the th- <laughs> there's a the third one yeah okay That's yeah wait way to way to point that uh big mistake by me out but um I think the bigger mistake actually was by uh, the the Las Vegas Raiders, but that's actually the biggest <laughs> mistake was by um, Henry Ruggs himself. So oh oh and yeah, there uh, that's the other one I think. Yes, that's the other one. Uh, Damon Arnett. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other first round pick by the Raiders um, was the other one that wasn't available for a fifth year option because they had released him. Um, so and I did 
by the way, call that one. I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but oh, that you, one, kinda... you the minute they made that pick, you were, I remember sitting there in my living room because we were so excited about the draft because like that was like the height of all the COVID nonsense and you couldn't go right. anywhere and it was just like so excited to have something actually live on TV <laughs> and uh, and and you were like, oh, that's a bad pick immediately. You're like, that's that's terrible. He's a second rounder at best, and you nailed that one. Uh, and of course, the the Patriots disappointed us by trading out, but that is the Kyle Drug, du- Kyle Duggar draft. So, hey, you know what? I'm not, not disappointed all... with that at all. I love Kyle right, Duggar. Right. So, right. Uh, so let me go. Kind of, I mean, it, it's pretty obvious. I think I counted uh, eleven or twelve um, offensive players were picked up, and I think it was one defensive player was picked up did you find the list in order because i have it here i have it here okay yeah. i have it here in order uh, i think uh it was Derek brown from the panthers yep. who's the uh seventh pick in the draft i believe if i'm looking at it correctly chris the only defensive player in the 2020 first round yeah that i've seen so far yeah i'm oh, sorry aj terrell is the other one okay uh, other than that all the rest of them that were defensive players did not get picked up. So uh, I think that speaks to kind of two things. One, where, as you pointed out, the quarterback market is. Um, and two, did you get the production? You know, I, I know I was very much, I'll keep this G-rated, but very much on the Isaiah Simmons train and, Oh, yeah, we both were, though. I I don't know if it's – I think it's one of those instances, Chris, where, like, when when the Honey Badger came out, and that's Tyron Matthews, the Honey Badger. Yeah. um, He he had a lot of versatility. Same with Jabril Peppers when he came out. A lot of versatility. You can play him box safety. You can play him safety, nickel corner. Tyron Matthew, uh, and uh, Jabril Peppers, kind of the same thing. I think when Isaiah Simmons came out, it was, oh, my God, this guy's a Swiss Army knife. What can we do with him? The things that we can imagine. He was great in Clemson. Sometimes when you have an asset like that, you can overthink it. Think Mm -hmm. of the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Mika Parsons came out, this tremendous talent. He can do all this stuff. And they kind of – well, part of it is, you know, Mika Parsons really – caught on early Two, I think the Cowboys identified what they wanted him to do and they put him in a position to succeed. They didn't really um, play with him too much. And I was looking at something like Isaiah Simmons had a potential. There was an article. I think I read he had potential of uh, uh, it was leading up to the draft and, and there was potential for someone to, them to target and they likened him to Isaiah Simmons. And I read that Isaiah Simmons, they played him at safety corner linebacker, nickel corner like sometimes you have a swiss army knife and you kind of turn it into a butter knife yeah great you can use it a lot but it really didn't work and i i kind of just thought of that on the fly no um, i like that analogy he's good at so many different things you don't know where to put him and you end up essentially wasting him wasting him yeah absolutely and and that's that's a shame because i remember watching video of that kid when he was coming out and it was just right. unbelievable. He's going to, 
I remember, you know, reading on like Cardinals Twitter and stuff like that, and some of the uh, podcasts I listened to at the time, the the hosts were Cardinals fans, and everyone was losing their mind. This guy was coming to Arizona. Remember that was, I think that was a year after Kyler Murray. Everybody was like, "Oh man, yeah. Kyler Murray on offense, this guy on defense. We are we are set to go." And then, as quickly as it got assembled there in Arizona, it's falling apart. <laughs> so yeah, and, and I'll read you his twenty twenty two stats, and you tell me what you feel about this, Chris. Okay. 17 games played, 13 starts, uh, 68 solo tackles, uh, 99 total tackles, five tackles for loss, four four sacks, two interceptions, one for a touchdown, seven deflections, two forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery. I mean, you're not going to find a more well-rounded stat line, honestly, probably than that, with the exception of very few guys, maybe like T.J. Watt. Right. Um, I just think it's the first year they've seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I told you this, and I, I'm sure I'm pretty sure I, I was pretty outspoken. I felt like they underutilized him his first season, and it's it's kind of this prove it year for him. And I don't want to spend too much more time on Isaiah Simmons, but I am because I kind of went on all in on him, and I just want to put it out there. Like, yes, part of it is he needs to figure it out, but. I think the Cardinals did a disservice because they didn't put him in a, a position to succeed. Mika was put in a position and it just doesn't seem like it's working out, which honestly, this could be a good thing for uh, Simmons because he can go out and have a similar season this year. Uh, the two problems are going to be one, it's a contract year and two, Kyler's probably not going to play. If he's going to play, it's going to be late in the season. So they're going to be behind a lot. Um, he might not be in a position to get interceptions or, you know, make plays. It might be behind a lot. So you think Kyler won't play this year? Uh, reports are Kyler's at it, probably not going to start the season. And he might be, uh, it might be a little bit ways in the season before he, wow. he's uh, actually playing. So, okay. But I think if he has a productive season, Isaiah can go out in the free agent market and he can kind of pick the team if he has the choices that can utilize him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's a particular team I'm kind of nudging in that direction. We'll see if that team who likes positionless players who can really bring out the talent of a defensive player. Mm-hmm really shine that talent and really use that versatility. There is a team that, that can do that. And hopefully that team uh, maybe has an opportunity to sign them. If it isn't too much money. Um, yeah. Picking up what you're putting down there. I got gotcha. you. If you're not picking up text, the or uh, tweet at the show, DM the show and I'll, I'll kind of let you know, but I'm, I'm not going to say it unless you want to really find out. Um, but you know, looking at the list, Chris, do you see anything that really stands out? Uh, let's see. We got, we got, uh, I mean, there's one that stands out at the bottom of the first round. It kind of, it kind of, it kind of shook us a little bit when it, cause it was one of the first ones. That oh yeah. Out. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, Joe Burrow being picked up at number one is not a surprise. Right. Uh, they're going to want extra time though. Negotiate a contract with him because it's going to be a ridiculous number. 
Uh, I didn't. The one thing that surprised me. I, I know where you, you're going with this because it was. I'm going to bring up this guy next, but the one that actually surprised me is I've seen guys get traded before from team to team and they're still eligible for their fifth year option. Why was Jeff Okuda not eligible after the Lions traded him to the Falcons? Do you know why? Uh, it says here he's a first round pick and he's not eligible for fifth year after being I'm traded. I'm going to say the timing has got to be it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe after a certain deadline or something. Because he was traded this offseason. Yes. So I've got to think. It might have been that because Jalen Rager was uh, eligible, but Jalen was traded last offseason. Okay. So okay. I think I'm going to guess. That makes sense. On that one. Yeah, the, the big surprise for us that we, we got early on and they, the, you know, the commanders under new ownership now uh, <laughs> uh, didn't waste any time not picking up second round pick Chase Young's contract. And that surprised me because, man, that first that first year with him, along with some of the other guys on that line in Washington, really thought you were going to see one of the better defenses for the next decade or so. Because they looked like they really had their stuff together. Had to work out their offense, but they were one of those teams. You kind of saw very early signs of like that, that what was it, the 2000 Ravens or the 99 Ravens, where they had like all those, like the future Hall of Famers on that, on that, uh, right. on that defense. And obviously I'm not trying to compare anybody on that team to Ray Lewis or Ed Reed. I'm just saying you could kind of see how it'd be kind of like a similar team structure where the offense would essentially play to not lose the game and the defense would do what the defense did. And it really, instead of going from uh, the seed of that to a beautiful defensive flower, it turned into a withering uh, mess. (laughs) And now that number two pick isn't even going to have his contract picked up. We don't know what that means. Daniel Jones didn't have his contract picked up by the Giants last offseason, and now he's a rich Mm -hmm. man. So Chase Young could go out there healthy and tear it up this year and get a contract extension, no problem. Or he could be on a new team, you know, starting 2024. Uh, you never know. It was a surprise only because you don't often see young players of that talent and that caliber. Because let's uh, Chase Young hasn't lost any ability. Unfortunately, he's just been injured. He's been effective, relatively effective when he's played. Uh, right. But I think, I think his lack of production after his rookie year has to do with being injured and not getting the consistent reps. Right, and if you're a team, you got to look at that and go, well, you know, we might like the guy, uh, but if he's not going to be on the field playing, we can't pay him all this money, which makes sense from the business standpoint of the NFL. Uh, but it was still a surprise. I figured they pick up that option because at the end of the day, it's still going to be cheap, and they're not paying a quarterback big money. I understand a team like the the Cardinals not picking up Isaiah Simmons; they're paying Kyler Murray all that money to not perform for them. Uh, so, um. It's imagine it's amazing what like eight and nine buys you these days. Um how expensive that can be. But right. you know, they're they're paying him, you know, some of these other teams that didn't pick up players. You're starting to see all these big quarterback contracts kind of have the impact we had been saying for years they would have, and that is we're willing to pay him in the form of a structured contract, but we're not just gonna pick up the option because it's gonna be a lot more money. We'll see if he can prove it. You're seeing that more over these last couple of years, because it's really only been the last few years since these guys came in the league, where you've had the Mahomes contract, the Josh Allen contract, now the Lamar Jackson contract, countless others. I mean, hell, the uh, the Rams extended Stafford after the Super Bowl for like inexplicable reasons, even though he still had a contract and paid him this massive guarantee, and, and like he's never been the same since. So, a lot of this reactionary signing the quarterbacks is starting to really 
really do a number on some of these teams and their ability to sign other players. We'll see what direction yeah. that goes, and it's going to have to change if unless you want every game to be 75-70 to 70 and no defensive play whatsoever. But, yeah, I mean, for me, Chase Young was the biggest surprise. I'm sure I can look to this list and find a few other ones. But um, I was I was leaning towards Patrick Queen because I know you had a oh you, oh yes you said bottom of the draft passing. yeah yeah not top of the draft yeah. oh yeah Patrick that really surprised me because as far as I know he's he's performed very well production's there Chris yeah like there isn't any there. issue with him I don't, again it's it just do you think this is a, a, a I mean obviously I believe his contract was not or the fifth year option was not picked up before they signed Lamar Jackson but they had to know it was Perfect. coming so right. did they not sign this guy or pick up it up pick it up the option because they knew. They knew they were going to have all this money out to Lamar. I, I think it. I think it has to do with. I mean, it's. It was twelve twelve million, um. To pick it up, for this year, so maybe they don't have the money. But, I mean, here's the thing, though: for a linebacker of that caliber, that's 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 pretty reasonable still. And they also remember they uh, traded for Rashad Evans from the Bears, and they gave him an extension. So I guess I guess it's telling Patrick Queen, hey, we want you here, but go out and prove it and earn your contract next offseason. Well, no, not Joe Shadow, I'm sorry. Roquan Smith. Wrong, yeah, yeah. Wrong linebacker. Yeah. But but regardless, they did sign him to an extent. A five year one hundred dollar extension. Um at age twenty six years old. But you're Patrick Queen and you're sitting there and I, I I wouldn't know what to think if I'm Patrick Queen. No, I wouldn't either. Three million, three million this year it would have escalated to twelve million next year, and they declined it. Uh, I I don't know the logic behind that. Um, I don't know if they see Roquan Smith as more of the because they're I think they're both inside linebackers if I read correctly. Um, yeah, they're both inside linebackers, so. I thought this is my perception of it. I thought they were kind of more of a base thirty-four defense or mm-hmm. multiple linebacker sets. Two two sideline to sideline linebackers that can cover is like an exceptional asset to have, and you only have it for one season. Now maybe he goes out there and performs, and they give him a contract extension. But now you're looking at you just paid Roquan Smith. Was what did I say five and one hundred or four and one hundred? Mm-hmm. And then obviously we know the big contract that just got signed by Lamar Jackson, on top of Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, Mark Andrews. Obviously you got to get wide receivers in there. Uh, uh, it, it, it's it's the effect. I think it, I think it is the effect of Lamar Jackson's contract in the future. Like it just doesn't allow for wiggle room. No. And a lot of these, a lot of these contracts don't. And, and, and Odell Beckham is going to be 11 million on the hook for 2024. I don't know how that worked out. I thought it was a one-year contract, but I'm sure there's language in his contract mm-hmm. that, yeah, if, it's a one-year deal, but it's, it's one of those weird contracts that automatically void after the year. So they're spreading the money around, which is great. But I mean, what's that going to do for you? Yeah. Basically, if, if, if I'm the Ravens, this coming season is the season. Otherwise you're 
kind of reconfiguring some things. And maybe Roquan Smith turns into, you know, your Mika Parsons or um, your Ray Lewis, which I don't think he would, but kind of that similar impact player. But I, I don't know if he's going to or not. But in, in, in all reality, Chris, like you're Patrick Queen, they targeted you because I th- think they, if I remember correctly, didn't they, didn't they trade up to get them? I'm pretty sure they did. Them? Yeah, I think so. I feel like I feel like that makes sense that they traded up into that pick, but I could be wrong. Regardless, they targeted him, they got him, they grew him. He's productive, and, and if you're questioning, well, how was he productive? I'll, I'll I'll tell you how productive he was. Um, let me get on his player sheet. Like I'll just high point last year. Let's let's because we want to go with what have you done for me lately. 117 combined tackles, five sacks, two interceptions, six deflections, a fumble, a, fu- a forced fumble, two fumble recoveries. That's production. That's production. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know what they're thinking. That's kind of like one of the ones that I'm looking at and scratching my head. If he becomes a free agent, he hits the open market. He has another productive season. There are going to be plenty of teams that are going to look at Patrick Queen and say, we want you. Uh, I'm looking here at uh, uh, a pro football reference. It says here 28th pick was the Ravens pick that year, so there was not a trade to get in the okay. position. So. But they targeted him. Oh, yeah. Obviously. They Absolutely. Um, and he fell to him. Uh, I believe that was, like you said, that was the Joe Burrow year. So that's, that's the year that the LSU Tigers won the championship. Mm-hmm. So now you got that championship pedigree. Um, and you know, it's funny cause two of the LSU Tigers that got drafted Burrow and, and, uh, Justin Jefferson, their options got picked up and the other two, Patrick Queen and Clyde Edwards Hilaire did not get picked up. Mm-hmm. And do you find that funny, Chris, that Clayson, that, Chase on too. Uh, oh, thank you. Yes. Chase on was also, um, he's kind of the forgotten one. Um, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire, that was a $5 million pickup. $5 million for that running back for the following season. Do, do you think that's – I know he's had injury, a little bit of injury problems, and he hasn't been the production they expected. And I know um, uh, Jared McKinnon, is. I think they resigned him and taken over some of the responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And what's his name? Uh, uh, Pacheco. Pacheco. Uh, uh, it's like seven, I think it was like a sixth, seventh round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's it, but for and I know they're strapped because because of their quarterback. Um, do you think it's a miss by the Chiefs or? Well, I think I think they get out of Pacheco what they thought they were going to get out of Clyde Edwards Hilaire, honestly, for less dollars, for less dollars. Uh, and and he was a rookie last year. He wasn't a first round pick. They'll have him for three more seasons, and if he continues to play the way he has and he stays healthy, then you'll probably see them resign him. Um, maybe if they can, uh, or they'll draft another running back and see what they get out of him. A, a lot of these running backs, uh, we were talking about this around the draft. A lot of the guy, the guys who are like the dominant running backs in the league today, weren't high draft picks. 
Uh, I mean, I mean, maybe they were first rounders, mid to late first rounders, but a lot of them second, third, fourth round, and they kind of come in and they're in the right system. And and you said before, you know, the right player in the right system makes all the difference. Right. Uh, if if Joe Burrow went to the Washington Commanders, he's still going to be good, but he's not going to be as effective as going to a team like Cincinnati who had a great system for him and used him properly. If Lamar Jackson were to sign, were to have not re-signed with the Ravens and went to a team that had him throwing 60 times a game and not running at all, well, <laughs> he's not going to be Lamar Jackson. So it all, all depends on getting in the right system, and I think you add that to his his injury issues. I remember drafting him a couple of times in fantasy, and when he played, he was very good. Nothing spectacular, but very good. And but you know you couldn't rely on him to be on the field for more than two, three, maybe four weeks in a row before he got injured for pretty much the same amount of time, and it's unfortunate. Uh, maybe he'll go somewhere else now and have a later workload and and be able to perform at a different level, go to a system that works for him. Because while he has been in the league for going on four years, um, you know he hasn't played a ton. He's had some injuries, so as long as those aren't like leg injuries that slow him down, he can still have several productive years left. But I think, yeah, I think it has 100% to do with just not even so much Mahomes' contract. I think a lot of things, I mean, it has probably a little bit to do with that. But, I mean, like you said, they have McKinnon. McKinnon's been a serviceable running back everywhere he's been when he's been healthy. Uh, and, and, and then they have Pacheco as, you know, kind of the 1A, and they'll throw McKinnon in there sometimes. And, and Pacheco's shown he can do it all. He can rush. He can catch. You know, um and it comes down to do we do we keep a roster spot for a guy who's going to cost a lot more money than both those guys combined probably and, and is more than likely going to be injured at least half the season? No, we'll have him this year. We'll see what happens. I mean, if Pacheco if Pacheco's you know pace slows down a little bit, that it's not his rookie year and people don't really, don't really know what to expect, and you see that, and then. You know, Edwards Hilaire comes out and stays healthy. You might see him pick him up. He's not going to get a massive contract. He's not getting like a Saquon dealer or uh, what they think Saquon's going to get, whatever right. that mess turns out to be. But uh, no, I, I, yeah, I, I think it's and I think it's the way the NFL views running backs these days. We were all shocked to see John Robinson taken and taken by the Falcons, right? And then you had two other running backs, I believe, taken in the first round, and, and there was talk that there was no first round running backs. It was Robinson if there were any, but he might not even go in the first round because the way the NFL, view, you know. The strength of the quarterback play in the league these days, along with all the emerging wide receivers, uh, have left a perception. I don't believe it's true. I think running backs are just as important as ever, honestly. But I think the perception is if you have a great quarterback, eh, you can get by without a good with a good running back. And I think the Buffalo Bills have shown that's not necessarily the case. Talking about a team that's usually 12, 13, 14 wins the last couple of years. And they get in the playoffs and they look like a different team because they're playing against the best of the best and they don't have that running game to kind of, you know, change things up a little bit. And you saw the Chiefs struggle early. I believe, was it last year or was it this year? They struggled really early and they were like two and three. Uh, yeah, it started like two and three or something to start the year. And they picked it up and figured it out. Obviously, they figured it out. They won the Super Bowl. But, you know, they figured, okay, well, we don't need a guy to carry the ball 30 times, but we do need somebody who can be effective in that role. And when they didn't know it was Pacheco yet, and it's still Edwards Hilaire, 
it wasn't really working out the way they thought it would when they drafted him. I remember when that guy was drafted, people were saying this guy was going to blow like Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley out of the water. He was going to have stats that were like ungodly, and, and he never, it never materialized. So I think it's a case of, yeah, we tried, uh, and uh, mm-hmm. they were kind of in a position when they drafted him, like the Eagles were this year when they drafted Carter. We have everybody we need. We could draft this guy to be a game changer. And if it's a bust, well, we still have an amazing team. That's kind of what the Chiefs were doing when they drafted Edwards Hilaire. Like, we have an amazing team already. Let's pick this guy up and see if he can, you know, be a game breaker. And it just didn't work out. Yeah, they did the, they did the same thing this year. They drafted a, a high upside defensive end from from uh, Kansas mm-hmm. State. Yep. Because, one, their, their, their starters are kind of getting long in the tooth. Two... Uh, the guy they drafted last year in the first round is also a defensive end. So they're kind of doubling down on one, possibly getting an infusion of youth at a good price. And two, uh, they're increasing their odds of one of those two defensive ends working out. Uh, and even if they don't, they still have Chris Jones, who's still playing at a reasonably high level. But it's it's drafting strength. It's what it is. It's drafting strength and you know, like you said, Jalen Carter, that was a, hey, we don't need to draft him, but we're going to. Mm-hmm. Conversely, when you look at uh, the New York Jets and they drafted the guy we talked about, William McDonald, that was a draft pick that, yes, it, it, it helps a position that they already have some established depth, but they were actually looking for somebody else, so... They didn't get the tackle, and that kind of speaks to the other part. Um, not a surprise, but they, they didn't pick up Makai uh, uh, Becton's, but that's because of uh, injury concern, similar to Chase Young. But, you know, the possibilities of, of in the draft where you can you can draft in a high spot or any spot in, in the first round and just add on to a strength because you don't need to. That's, uh, that's truly – that's truly uh, a GM building a team through the draft, through free agency, through trades, and developing that talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just looking at the bottom half of this draft, and there's just a lot of – other than Brandon Ayuk, you know, wide receiver for the Niners, they picked him up. And Jordan Love got a, a weird restructure where he's – he got a two-year – he got an extension, and it was – I guess a little more money than it was going to be or a little less money. I'm sorry, but it was more guaranteed yeah. and they yeah. gave him a bump in this coming year. Cause he's a starting quarterback. So like that's kind of an outlier, but most of the back end of the draft just didn't get picked up, which, you know, if you're not producing at a high level with those dollar figures, I can understand. Like you're just not, you're just not going to get picked up. So it will be interesting, um, and I'll just leave off with kind of the biggest, I guess, surprise uh, that will I, – I, not the biggest surprise. The one player that may come back and bite a team, and I think that will be – and I'm sorry if I'm you know beating my own drum, but I think it's going to be Isaiah Simmons. Uh, I think he'll – I don't think he'll figure it out in Arizona, I think, when he goes to free agency. Yeah. Um, he's still relatively young. I think he'll find a team with when he, when he finds his options, he's going to set, he's going to be more 
able to educate himself on who's going to put him in a position rather than the team drafted him and they're going to figure it out on the fly. I think there's a lot of, there's not just one team, but you know, there's one team I focused on. Right. uh, Right. There's a lot of teams I think could take him and, and utilize him. Absolutely. And his talents. It's just a matter of having the right defensive mind in, in, in the organization and in, Arizona, you know, he was dra- they were drafted uh, when he was drafted. It was Cliff Kingsbury, more offensive-minded coach, and I just they saw a shiny toy and they're like, we saw what he did in the college football playoffs, and it's just it just hasn't worked. They just tried, I think, too much. So, uh, did you have a surprise player, Chris, that's going to come back and bite the team? Uh I mean. I think, let's see here. If that guy was picked up, he was picked up. I agree with you on Simmons, and I think after just while I'm looking through this list real quick, I, I mean the um, the level, like the level he's capable of playing at. Arizona has shown ever since they had their they they you know Carson Palmer left, and then they struggled, and then they rebuilt, and they had you know okay everything going for him in the future, and then they get Simmons, and it seems like everything since then's falling apart. No fault of his own. You know, Kyler's injured and just not performing. And then, you know, DeAndre Hopkins hasn't... I don't think by any fault of his own either. Maybe, you know, failing the uh, the um, substance or the band, the band, whatever it was. I don't know. Uh, but he was suspended for the six games. Nothing seemed to have gone right for them. And, um, I mean, not, not really. Honestly, I mean, I, you know... I'm looking at the list here. I mean, besides uh, Patrick Queen and, um, you know, Chase Young, I think I think it's a lot of these teams. A lot of these teams with some of these players aren't, aren't consistently good teams. So I think what some of this is, too, on top of – because not all these teams have great quarterbacks either – I think a lot of it is let's put them in a situation where because a lot of these guys haven't sniffed the playoffs yet. And if they have, it's been one and done, like the guys in Miami who weren't picked up. Like that wasn't the best version of the Dolphins team in the playoffs, obviously that injuries. And I don't even think Tua played that game. So it, it, it's like a lot of it isn't even necessarily the blame of the player. It's just it's circumstances. But I think a lot of these guys, it's, it's, we haven't seen them in a pressure situation. So instead of just giving these guys a fifth year at a very high rate to hold on to them, let's let's make them play for it. Let's put them in a pressure situation. They're playing for a contract. They're playing for their future now. Uh, and, and see how they perform. If a guy goes out there, if Simmons goes out there and has a career year, the Cardinals are going to have to try to find a way to sign him and bring him back. If I were Simmons, I'd still explore free agency, but then, you know, then you have, uh, actually, I don't even know if they can actually even afford to uh, franchise him with Kyler's contract, but no, there's really nobody else that's that surprising based on, like, the current landscape of the league. Uh, it's right. I could try to pick somebody and, like, force it, but uh, realistically, like, uh, Okuda hasn't panned out. I'm not surprised by that. Um, 
I, I am surprised the Giants actually picked an offensive lineman they want to keep around for a fifth year. <laughs> they had they struggled that for they seem to have turned that around. But man, how many times did they invest in the offensive line and that did not work out? But Andrew Thomas seems to be doing all right. Uh, I'd say, quite honestly, I'd say the biggest surprise based on how everything, including like how early guys are signed to extensions for contracts, I'd say the biggest surprise to me, aside from what we've already mentioned, is that Joe Burrow and, and, and Justin Herbert had the opportunity to have their fifth year contract picked up. I thought those guys would have been signed to extensions already, honestly, especially Burrow. Uh, two, it doesn't so much surprise me, uh, only because I didn't figure he'd get a new contract yet because the concussion issues, you don't really know what's going to go on with him. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the field? He talked about potentially retiring last season because of the concussions, or at least thinking mm-hmm. about it. So if you're the Dolphins, you're not going to throw a bucket load of guaranteed money at him until he goes, you can see he's healthy, you know he's healthy. Uh, so that doesn't really surprise me. Um, Jordan Love extension, I think, was a, is a is a smart move on Green Bay's part. They lock him up for a few years. They get him some guaranteed money. They mm-hmm. can develop him and see, and they're not locked down anything long term. If it doesn't work out, they can move on and draft someone in a couple of years. You know, it, it, right? So, not really any huge surprises past what we've already mentioned, but um, yeah, I, I think honestly, it, it's a lot to do with what I said there, where. Hey, go out and prove it. Go out and earn it now. We're not just going to give you this fifth year. Obviously, a guy like Burrow is a different story. <laughs> you know, you want him around. You know he's going to be your guy. And you want that extra time to negotiate what's going to be an absolutely ridiculous contract. Um, but, yeah, that's all for me on that one. All right. What do you have? What list do you have? I have a list here from uh, NFL.com, and it's, it's written by uh, Bucky Brooks, so... Take it with a grain of salt. Uh, it does have a sometimes a a sort of a slant that is interesting. Yeah, and I mean, I don't always necessarily even disagree with him. I'm just saying, you know, it's coming from a perspective of one person. So just it's just a, a it's a list of I tell people what we're talking about here. It's it's the uh, confidence ranking on nine quarterbacks and make or break years. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I can. Certainly agree with a lot of these guys on the list being here. Um, some are by their own play. Some are just by the direction their franchise seems to be going in. Uh, but I'll start anyway so we can start discussing it. Um, yep. Number nine, we'll start there because why not? Uh, Sam Howell of the Washington Commanders, the newly owned Washington Commanders. Uh, mm-hmm. Only 22. Coming into his second year. Uh, I believe second year. Uh, yeah, yep. Second year pro. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He started in uh, the division against division foe Dallas in the week 18 last year and won that. Uh, wasn't a dynamo by any means, 169 passing yards, but did enough. Um, and clearly they see something in this guy. Uh, I do have to wonder, though, if they knew the team was going to be for sale and there wasn't there wasn't going to be the opportunity to bring somebody new in with the team in flux so much. So he kind of like stuck there because you have in the rest of the division, you have Dak Prescott with the Cowboys who look, is he absolute elite top of the line? No, but he's a good quarterback. Um, Jalen hurts. Who's quickly moving up the ranks to be in that elite category. I think he 
of anyone in that division has the raw talent to be one of the best. He can be up there with with his ability. He can be up there with the Mahomes within a couple of years. I think he has the ability to. Whether he does or not, we'll see. Uh, and then you have, um, oh, who am I forgetting here? Oh, yeah, Daniel Jones with the Giants, who, again, not a dynamo, but, you know, the Giants played him enough to give him a huge guaranteed, you know, mostly guaranteed contract this offseason. Uh, much to the chagrin of the franchise tag, Saquon Barkley. Um, so for the, the commanders to go, hey, we're going to stick with Sam Howell when you have those three guys in the division, all in offenses they know and offenses that have been built around them, especially when there were some quarterbacks in the market this offseason, there was some movement. You know, was Rodgers going to go there? Was, was Daniel Snyder going to just spite the rest of the NFL and just trade for Lamar and give him whatever he wanted and then sell the team? Like, later, I'm out. I just screwed everything up. Bye. Um, none of that happened, and it looks like they're going to start week one with Sam Howell as their quarterback. So, uh, I feel I agree with it being make or break because that's just the situation you're putting the kid in. Like, it's nothing against him. We don't know. Maybe he can, maybe he can't. But, uh, it's, 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 it's tough because they don't have anyone else. Maybe that's what they're banking on. You know, we're going to get new ownership. Maybe there's some good guys coming out in 2024. Worst case scenario, we completely bomb, and uh, then we get some high draft picks. Uh, the answer to that question, Chris, is yes. Yeah, there is? Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, you have the Heisman Trophy winner from last year who did not go into the draft because he was too young. Okay. Uh, the predominant favorite to be the Heisman Trophy winner this year in Caleb Williams from USC. So uh, I would say that would be the target. Uh, for any team, really. Uh, but um, there's also Drake May from uh, North Carolina, uh, who's pretty damn good. I know North Carolina is not a predominant, you know, football factory, uh, but he's really good. And he's shown he was in the contention late for the Heisman, but he kind of fell off a little bit. J.J. Uh, McCarthy from Michigan, if he goes in, I don't know if he's eligible yet, but if he is, he could option to go or stay for another year. Um, and, and like I say all the time, there's always a guy that bubbles up to the top Yeah, yep. uh, during the season. You saw it with Hinden Hooker. You saw it with Joe Burrow <laughs> yeah. previously. So you see that all the time. So, um but I think Caleb Williams would be the one that anyone right now today, if the draft was today, uh, would be their target for number one. So I agree. I think uh, the commanders are basically kind of just saying, look, it's your job. But if you suck, you're not going to be there long. Right. And we're going to go out in the draft and get somebody. And uh Probably say you could probably echo that that sentiment with the uh, the next one on the list, Chris, because I I think it's 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 the same thing, and yes, the yeah. one thing yep. that yep. that kind of translates to um, over t- from team one year to the next year is that uh, even if you bring in a new quarterback, uh, if you have those offensive skill players in place, you can see instant success. Um, and this is where that draft pick by them for B. John Robinson kind of kind of makes it, you know, hey, you know, if it doesn't work out, we get the first overall pick and we can bring in 
talented quarterback. I like I like Desmond Ritter, Chris, but he's not. He I don't know if he's the answer, and you might not figure that this could be a Davis Mills. We like him. He looks good. He plays okay, but he's not an exceptional talent. He's not going to elevate the team. He's not going to be, you know, that that player at the quarterback position that's going to be able to say, okay, we're this good. Were the Chiefs good when Alex Smith was there? Oh, yes. Yep. But were they in a Super Bowl talent or a Super Bowl contender with him? No. No. And they made. And what did the Chiefs do? They made a decision. So that's what I think of the – I don't know about Sam Howell. I, 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 I don't know. But for Desmond Ritter, I think he's good. He's just not – Yeah. That, it- obviously – that's the number eight guy on the list. Yeah, number eight, Desmond Ritter for the Falcons. And I think you can actually say the same thing. Obviously, that uh, nine and eight, Sam Howell and Ritter, are, are younger than this number seven. But I think it's the same kind of thing. Would you have the talent in place around him? Can this guy be the missing piece to, you know, after Tom Brady left, we're talking about the Buccaneers now and Baker Mayfield. Can this guy come in as a former number one pick? And, and, and have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and some of the other talent on offense with a decent defense and plug right in and perform. If he can't hear in this situation, mm-hmm. you kind of got to figure he's either going to be out of the league in short order playing in the XFL or just going to be comfortable being a career backup because if he can't do it here with Evans and Godwin, and I mean, they're not the only talented receivers on that team, by the way, they're just two of the best and the best in the league, by the way, not just in Tampa then it's probably not going to happen. So I 100% agree this is a make-or-break situation, and there's a chance that <laughs> Mayfield doesn't even break camp as a starter. They have Kyle Trask there, who, again, you're not high on, I know that, not very well, uh, you know, not a highly touted quarterback coming out, Not certainly not one of the big five that were taken that year. Uh, but, you know, the guy they have, and... They brought in Mayfield as the veteran to kind of see what can work. And and I think teams like this are in a good spot because if you have the talent at running back, you have the talent at receiver. And I think all these, the first three teams we've discussed here being the Buccaneers, Falcons, and Commanders, to varying degrees, have a dominant wide receiver. They have a good to very good running game. They have some good defensive players. They have some things in place. They need that quarterback to kind of solidify it. And if you can't come in in that situation where you have the chance to succeed and actually succeed or at least show improvement, then it's just time to move on. And I think all three of those teams are in, in the same the same realm there. <laughs> Different than number six. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and you could really interchange – I'll trash. You could interchange him or, or Baker Mayfield. Like this – this is not just a make or break for Baker. Like, it's also a make or break for Kyle Trask, because, uh, oh, I don't, I don't think he's gonna do well. I don't think he's gonna take the job, but he's just in the same boat. If it doesn't succeed, they're going to move on. They're going to find someone in the draft. And I, I forgot Quinn Quinnier's from uh, Texas too. He's. Uh, he was like a top five, top five prospect in high school for his uh, recruiting season. 
probably the top quarterback. And he did go to Ohio State, but he transferred to Texas. Uh, just a little backstory there, and another player that Ohio State was successful. Just, yeah, just saying, just saying, just saying, just saying. Um, but there is only so many quarterbacks in this draft. You know, I've rattled off four. There's no guarantee that Quinn Ewers and JJ McCarthy come out. Uh, there's no guarantee that Kayla Williams comes out. None of them, I don't think, are going to be seniors this coming season. Drake May, I think, is the only one that's going to be a senior, if he is. Um, but you know, you can't, you can't, can't hinge your hopes on because you'll be like, like the the Colts. I, I I know what they see in Anthony Richardson. I understand that the talent, the talent is there. It's raw, but there's talent there. Uh, he didn't produce at Florida. Whose fault is that? Is that the quarterbacks? Is that the coaching staff? Who knows? We'll see what he does in the pros. Um, if you take Anthony Richardson and put him on Alabama and put Bryce Young in uh, Florida, does Anthony Richardson have a Heisman and Bryce Young is, have, has all the question marks? Quite possible. Mm-hmm. But um, If you're the three teams at the bottom of that list, ironically, Chris, two of the teams are in the same division. Uh, so you got to think uh, between the two of them, they're going to face each other twice. Someone's got to win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just a matter of who's going to suck worst. Uh, I just think the right now, as we're, as we're speaking, I think the Falcons have more promise because they've built assets around the quarterback. Yeah. Now that they just need to fill in that quarterback. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would think so. I think Ritter is in the best spot of all of them, despite the fact that, you know, I think the two best receivers of, of those three teams are on the same team in Tampa Bay. Um, although, you can't, don't sleep on McLaurin. That's not fair. Um, but, yeah, no, I would agree with that. Yeah, and, and it could even be something as simple as a free agent becomes available. Who that is, I don't know off the top of my head, but a free agent becomes available. And it's a veteran that's not too long in the tooth, but has some playoff experience. Could, could go into Atlanta and say, "There's B. John Robinson. There's Drake London. There's Kyle Pitts. Wow, I have talent." Uh, and then the kid Algiers, who was uh, the running back for them last year, that was very productive. Now you're just building the defense. You know they they ta- they gave uh, AJ Terrell his fifth year option, so he's there for two years. Keep building it, and maybe. All you need to do is slide that quarterback in there, whatever the answer is. And it could be Caleb Williams next year. It could be Drake May, J.J. McCarthy, Quinn Ewers. It could be a free agent. It could be a trade, a guy that just doesn't want to be where he's at and says, trade me, and there's your draft partner. And you're Atlanta. You've already built up all these assets. If Desmond doesn't work, hey, first-round pick, get that player, and now you have your starting quarterback. Boom. So, Just imagine too if they hadn't panicked after he gets suspended and they uh they still had um Calvin Ridley. I mean that'd be something else, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Instead, he's gonna go down there and crush in in uh, Jacksonville. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna do good things down there. I think. Number six is an interesting one though. Number six, I, I don't think belongs on this list only because I don't think it matters what number six does, and that's Ryan Tannehill of the Titans. You have it says right here. This is my first stop before I even read this, and it says it right here in the first sentence. Uh, when your team drafts uh, back-to-back drafts, they draft a quarterback in the third round and the second round. Your writing is on the wall already. Like, your days are numbered. Mm-hmm. He's 34. Mm-hmm. 
He's never been a dominant offensive threat. Uh, his best part of his skill set is handing the ball off to Derrick Henry. Um, and I'm not trying to say he doesn't have any talent. He's obviously a good quarterback. But I think when they re-signed this guy after they got him from Miami, it was kind of in the height of the Titans coming up. Derrick Henry was in his prime. The team had just had a nice playoff upset against the Patriots in New England and Brady, what they thought was Brady's last game. It was the last game in New England, it turned out. Uh, and they were like, "Oh, we got to keep this. We got to keep this ball rolling," which is a trap a lot of teams fall into. And uh, Tannehill, on top of not staying healthy, the team hasn't done him any favors by you know pissing off AJ Brown and shipping him off to the Phillies or Phillies, she's Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, they draft him another quarter, an- another receiver who did pretty well last year, but it certainly wasn't AJ Brown. And when Derrick Henry gets hurt and then Tannehill gets hurt, the team struggles. Uh, and I think I think Tannehill can come out this year. And aside from winning an MVP award, uh, there's really nothing he can do to be on this team next year or in two years. He's he's going to be gone after the season, and they're going to either bring someone in or hopefully Willis or Levis, one of these guys, uh, develops for him. But I think Tannehill is pretty cut and dry. It doesn't really matter. He's not coming back. He's going to play out his contract this last year, and that'll be it for him there. Yeah, their best their best season was honestly, Chris, the best season was probably the twenty twenty the twenty nineteen season. And he wasn't even the start of the whole year. He was inserted. Mm-hmm. So and that's when they went they went to the AFC championship against the Kansas City Chiefs lost. Um, but after that it was just it's wild card loss, divisional round loss. Uh and obviously last year just never they never got on track and i think that's partly because well i think it's mostly because aj brown is currently in another team it's part of it uh but sue uh derrick henry is you know he's not he's not what he was he's he's i think he's past his prime at this point and he's starting to go on the decline he has productive seasons left in his career that's there's no there's no doubt in my mind it's just that he's full full seasons. He's got uh, two, four, five full seasons. Yeah, it, and then he had yeah. his, his rookie season and his second sophomore season. He didn't really. He didn't really, you know. I mean, I guess yeah, he didn't really get going until the twenty eighteen season when he kind of took over, and then so he's he's at the point. He's twenty nine years old right now. So by the time the season starts, he'll still be 29, but he's going to be on the wrong side of 30 at some point. And Lamar, or not Lamar, uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill doesn't have the mobility he had when he was younger. No. He doesn't have A.J. Brown. Um, who's the kid? Who's the kid we're talking about, that wide receiver? That uh, um, The name escapes me right Traylon now. Traylon Burks. Thank you. Traylon Burks was supposed to be the – the carbon copy of AJ Brown, but and Burks was fine. Burks did good. He wasn't like he was oh, yeah, bad or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of think a lot of his struggles was Tannehill at quarterback, also honestly. Right, and and also let's 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 not uh, you know he had where's where's my guy uh, Traylon Burks? Traylon Burks had um thirty three for forty four and one touchdown. He did have some injury issues, um, so we we do have to. It is his rookie season. Uh, AJ Brown's rookie season. I don't. 
I think he had a a good rookie season. I don't think it was out of this out of this world. I can't find it right now, but I, I know it wasn't like spectacular, but he he was productive. And and oh, there is AJ. 52 and a thousand and eight touchdowns. That's his rookie season. Coincidentally, Chris, that was a twenty nineteen season. Mm. So you know, he, he had a super productive rookie season. He was put in a position, it was and and Ryan was kind of playing for a contract because he was the backup. Marcus was the starter. Didn't work. Insert Ryan. Insert AJ Brown rookie season insert the, the the starting dominance of of Derrick Henry and you've got a lot of good ingredients for this recipe. Now where are we at? No more AJ. Derrick Henry's on the becoming on the wrong side of thirty, and Ryan Tannehill was already starting to starting to recede. So it, it, it I think. I don't like Will Levis. Maybe he'll be productive. I don't think he will be. I think the Titans are going to be in this situation in two years. They're going to be looking at Will Levis and being like, what is this that we have? Because it's not working. You don't have an established receiver to to really build a comfort level for Will Levis because you traded him because you didn't want to pay him. And now it's going to be Traylon Burks. Derrick Henry and possibly either Will Levis or Malik Willis going forward. And I, if I'm the Titans, I'm highly concerned because the Texans got their answer. The The Jaguars have their answer. And the Colts think they got their answer. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm the Titans. I'm, I'm really, really concerned. This might be – we might be talking in a year or two uh, – we're tearing down and restarting from a uh, foundation in Tennessee. You may have to, because it looks like Tannehill will start this season, but I think the first sign of trouble or injury, you're going to have one of these kids come in, and I don't think he's going to get his job back, and who knows how long Derrick Henry stays healthy. Like I said, the guy's a beast, and he's going to have productive seasons, but uh, there's no doubt watching him that like all these games – the 30, 35 carry games are wearing on him, and he just can't do that consistently anymore, and no, nobody really can. Uh, so you're going to have to have somebody come in to kind of spell him a little bit who can be effective and actually do it and not just say it. And then the first time you win a game, give him 40 carries the next week and then he's injured for a month. Like it's just right. it, the wear and tear on the body is too much. And um, I think there's going to be a, a pretty lengthy rebuild there in Tennessee. Honestly, they had a few years they were really competitive. And I think, like you said, the rest of the division is kind of pushing to pass them by again. And uh, right now, I think as things stand, as crazy as it sounds to say this, that's a Jaguars division. Yeah. Uh, we already covered Jordan Love. We don't got to do a deep dive on that. Yeah. Uh, he's number five with the Packers. Obviously, make or break. Uh, not necessarily fair to him to make or break because the Packers drafted him to clearly take over for Rodgers and then had second thoughts and... Uh, renewed their vows with Rodgers and then regretted it and traded him again after he helped them lose in the playoffs. Um, I mean, I don't know what they have. I mean, they have some decent young receivers there. They still have some good running backs there. The line's okay. Uh, I mean, 
if this kid can play, he's going to go in getting the full reps in, in camp. He's going to have the full starter treatment. So he'll, he'll know everything by the time the opening day starts, and it's do you have the talent to do it or not? We'll find out. Uh, yeah, I just disagree with with the. I actually disagree with both four and five. I, I don't. I don't. I don't agree with them being on this list. To be honest. No. Um, no, and I, I think I think for different reasons too. Personally. Yeah. Um. I, I agree. Mac Jones is number four, and, and I I don't think. Make or break, I think, means you need to see something you haven't seen, and I think we saw what we wanted to see from Mac Jones' rookie year. We see all the players in the Patriots locker room say what a leader this guy is and how great he is around the team and how positive he is. And, and he, he's, you know, always studying. He's doing all the right things. And last year, structurally, especially offensively, that team was a mess. You had a defensive coordinator calling offensive plays. You had uh, a head coach who, look, I love Belichick, and, and I'm never going to advocate for him to be fired because he's done so much for the team. I don't care what anybody says. It wasn't just Brady. It's both of them. Remember a lot of times in Brady's early career when the offense struggled and the defense carried him. Um, right. You know, but he's a stubborn guy at times, and it took Robert Kraft to step in and say, no, we need an offensive coordinator. We need a structure. We can't yeah. just keep – we can't rest on our laurels anymore. It's, it's just going on the fourth year after Tom Brady left. We have to start building something. We got to move on. Let's celebrate him off the field and give him all the recognition he deserves, and, and God knows he deserves all of that for the way he played. And I'm eternally grateful for all those awesome memories and the Super Bowl parties and all that stuff. Man, such a great time to be a fan. Well, as long as you were a fan of the Patriots. Um, but, I mean, it, it's time to move on to the next generation. And, and defensively, that's happened. And offensively, you still had Matt Patricia there trying to call the plays. He saw Josh McDaniels call for Tom Brady four years ago, <laughs> you know, and that's essentially what the offense was. Nobody wanted to listen to anybody. Nobody wanted to build around Mac. Nobody wanted to utilize weapons we had. We had Kendrick Bourne touching the ball like twice a game if he was lucky. Now, this season, if that happens, it's a little bit different because they have Tyquan Thornton in year two. They have Devontae Parker who can, you know, do more than just have a crazy catch 50 yards downfield. Let's utilize him for that. He's great at those short and immediate crossing routes. He's killed the Patriots on those for years. Let's have him do that. Yeah, yeah Juju, who's a monster, can be a monster if healthy. Um, We have places. Armandre looked amazing last year. He was a highlight of the offense for me personally. Now you're going to bring in guys. It's, it's not necessarily make or break for him. I think it's make or break for that. A lot of those coaches in that offensive locker room, honestly. Because... They got to make this work. And Robert Kraft isn't getting any younger. And he does not want to leave this team watching them not make the playoffs again, have another subpar season when he's putting that much mm-hmm. money into him. He's not going to tolerate losing. As much as I love Belichick, if he doesn't start listening to Kraft more when it comes to some of these decisions and giving him structurally like an offensive coordinator, not just six guys randomly picking plays, um, he may move on from him sooner than later, which is not what I want to see happen, but I want to see the team win also. I have a lot of faith in Mac. I don't think he belongs on this list. I'll just go to number four, and then we can just cover them both. Uh, oh, no, wait, that, that is, number, that is four. number three. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I don't think it's make or break. We know what Kirk Cousins is. We know what you're getting with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. You're getting a guy who's going to throw for a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, have a pretty decent completion percentage, uh, 
perform well at certain times and usually not get it done when it matters most. And that's not me picking on him. That's based on what I've seen his entire career. When it matters most, he doesn't show up. It's not make or break. It's what he is. He's 34. He's going to be 35 by the time the season starts, I believe. You can see a different version, with the exception of Tannehill, out of everybody else that we've mentioned. Either you haven't seen it because you're too young and haven't gotten a chance, or you've seen it before and needed to change the pace. Kirk Cousins isn't going to get any better than Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and, and, and TJ Hawkinson at tight end and, and Dalvin Cook at running back. How many weapons can you give a guy to have him not perform when it matters most? He's not going to change. This is what he is. So it's not make or break. It's just Kirk Cousins being Kirk Cousins. I agree. And it's the last year of his contract. He's probably not going to be back. They're probably going to move somewhere else next year. Uh, they're done with the full the fully guaranteed contracts. They're not going to. They're not, they're not going to get. I don't think they'll give it to anybody in the near future. Um, and it, it, it's he is what he is. It's it's not a big surprise. So I, I don't know. I, I I get why he is on the list. Um, however, it, it's he like you said. He is what he is. We know what's going to happen, and. You can see the Lions jump over the Vikings. You can see the Chicago Bears jump over the Vikings. Uh, you could even see the Packers be better than the Vikings because you just know what he is. Mm-hmm. He's just – he's good, not great. He's – it's one of those – it's one of those instances where the team didn't identify the fact that he's – okay but not great and they didn't make that move to find that great player to replace him he's prime philip rivers prime philip rivers he's alex smith no knock on alex smith but he's 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 alex smith he's just not well i would more rivers because i think he he had some pretty good stat seasons but just never really got done in the playoffs so that's why i kind of thought the same thing because i mean cousins has had some impressive stats in his career but when it matters, eh, when it matters, so that's the problem. It's nowhere to be found, and I, I, I would just, I would have expect at some point for the Vikings to realize, okay, we need to make that shift. We need to make that, you know, Kansas City Chiefs, you know, draft Patrick Mahomes at the end of the first round to see. If we can get something, they had a 2021 first round pick as an offensive tackle. Uh, 2022 first round pick was where are they? They had the 32nd pick in the draft and they went with a safety. Like they could have done something, in my opinion, they could have done something to see if there's some talent that they can garner at the quarterback position that maybe would have been an upgrade. Maybe there was no one in that position that he liked. And this is why they were, they're in the position they're in. But I think they're going to see very quickly that they're at the bottom of the division. Yeah, for sure. And the worst, the worst spot could be the bottom of the division because you have a talented wide receiver who they just picked up their fifth year option. They're going to try to work out a contract extension. And if I'm Justin Jefferson, I'm like, that's great. You can give me this 
record-breaking contract per wide receiver, who is going to throw me the ball? Yeah. yeah. I would like to know because right now it's Kirk Cousins. Um, after this season, who is Because I don't think they have anybody. Else. Their backup is Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall. I don't know. Who, I, I, I know Nick Mullins. I don't know who the other guy is. And the other guy they drafted a few years some, ago. Huh? Didn't the other guy they drafted two years ago? Uh, that's probably this guy, Jaron Hall. No, no, no. Um, yeah. 2020. No, he did draft him this year. I don't know. That's all the, the two guys they have on their huh. roster. Okay. Huh. For quarterbacks. So I don't know what they did, but. And they're going to have to stink pretty good to get in the top part of this next draft to get a good quarterback. So, yeah, it, it, it's Kirk Cousins is pretty much done. Um, the second one, I, See, man, I, I, I don't know if I, 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 I think agree the with same, that one either. I, I, don't, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't agree with the, I, actually either of the first two, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, when it was talk about uh, the Patriots reacquiring Garoppolo. We're talking about Garoppolo mm-hmm. of the um, where's he playing now? The Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, which they essentially released Derek Carr to pick up less accurate and and, and passing less Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo, which is great. Um, right. <laughs> just kind of made Devontae Adams just thrilled. Um, yeah, I. I I didn't want them to pick him back up. I did, I never got it with him. Uh, I never understood the big deal of him. I mean, this guy has 87 career touchdown passes and 14,289 career passing yards. Uh, and it's not like he hasn't gotten opportunities. This is he's going into his 10th season. Uh, for granted, the first two with New England, he didn't play at all because Tom Brady was there. The second one, he played two games, played well with a, with a great team around him though, and then got injured, and then Brady came back. Um. Then he played in, in San Francisco the following six seasons and was only healthy an entire season one time in 2019. Uh, 2016, he played six games as well as six games in 2017, three games in 2018, full season in 2019, six in 2020, 15 in 2021. He played 11 games last year. It's not a guy you can rely on to be on the field to be healthy, and when he's on the field, it's not like he's Patrick Mahomes. Like you got, you got to have a, you got to have so much support around him to make him even viable. That it doesn't make any sense to me to pay him the kind of money he demands as a starter. I don't get it. I never got it. Uh, this isn't make or break for him. This is is Garoppolo going to con somebody else after the Raiders see what they have and let him go? Is he going to con someone else and give him thirty million dollars a year? I mean, good for him for making his money, and he seems like a nice dude. Everybody who knows him seems to love him, but that doesn't make him a great football player. Um, I don't get it. I think the Raiders made a big mistake. They should have either drafted somebody or just taken a chance on somebody young. But I've never understood him. And uh, I would do the same thing we did for three and four. I'll just go to number one. Um, yep. One is Jared Goff of the uh, Lions, and I think his make-or-break season was two years ago, and I think he proved he can do it. I think he proved that without Sean McVay in his year, uh, you know, you always called him Sean McVay's puppet. Well, then he went to Detroit, and he's had two seasons in Detroit with 
other young offensive players who are also trying to prove themselves, whether it be from a different team or as you know, young players who were drafted by the Lions. And they performed. And this is a team on the upswing. The defense is looking better. The offense looks great. Um, yeah, they drafted a running back, and, and instead of Swift this year, they let Jamal Williams walk, which I think was kind of weird. He led the league in touchdowns last year. I would have tried to hang on to him. Uh, but, I mean, receiver-wise, Ross St. Brown is is one of the underrated young stars of this league. He is incredible. That kid is making plays left and right. I'm not sure why they traded Hawkinson. He was doing great in Detroit. I would have kept him as a building block if I were them. Uh, but this team's on the upswing, and his make-or-break season was two years ago, and he made it. He's doing good. They drafted a quarterback. They drafted Hendon Hooker, who you were pretty high on. And and they're still talking about contract extension, apparently, with Goff. So, and, and he's young. I mean, it seems like he's been in the league for 30 years. Dude's only 28 right now, which I wouldn't. I would have guessed mid-30s because it just seems like he's been here forever. Uh, the weirder part about that is is Carson Wentz is also around that age, and, and Wentz it seems like he's been 45 since he was drafted. Um, but, no, I think he already proved it. I think he proved he can work in that system, and right. he's proved he can run an offensive offense, and I, I don't agree it's make or break for him. He's already proved he can do it, and that's not something I thought I would have said two years ago when we heard about that trade with Matthew Stafford going to the Rams and Goff coming to the Lions. I would have been like, uh... This is going to be a monstrous failure. And he's turned it around and made it work. And good on him for that because we love poking fun at him. But he proved this wrong and he's doing really well there. So he's already done it. Yeah. And I, I just, I just look at his contract. He's got another year left on his deal. Um, Hidden hooker, the hidden hooker factor, I don't think comes in play until next year. Because uh, he's coming back from that ACL injury, even if he's ready by midseason, like he, he's just not going to be. Personally, I don't think Hendo Hooker is going to be ready till next season, uh, full go, which is not a bad thing. And I know he's a he's an older rookie right now. He has he'll have his opportunity. I think even if it's not with the Lions, he's proven in the college game. He's got the arm. He's got the legs. And he's got the accuracy to 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 lead an offense down the field. So I can understand the Lions might want to look to extend Jared Goff a year, a two, or maybe three. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it gets two, if it gets like two or three years extension, then I don't know if Hinton Hooker is the future. Uh, however, if they add an extra year, maybe then you could still possibly see him as the uh future quarterback for the for the Lions even though Hendon Hooker's like 3 years younger than Jared Goff which and, is crazy and the Lions are in a good spot here because if they extend him for a year or two and he keeps playing at this level that's only going to bring him to 30 31 years old right not and not with a long lengthy injury history he's been fairly healthy from what I can remember unless I'm forgetting something He's tradable. Because let's remember, right now, Absolutely. right now, the league, the quarterback play in the league is higher than we've ever, I can never remember it personally. I say that all the time, and I, I mean it. It's not going to stay that way forever. It's cyclical. There's going to be a time when it's like, oh, there's these top two or three or four guys, maybe two or three, and then there's mm-hmm. a layer underneath them, and then there's a lot of teams looking for that next guy. And it's going to, it comes in waves. Like, like there, there, there was, remember in that 2020 draft, there was all these guys that were, 
coming into the league, and, and you had, um, you know, and, and four of those guys have proved they can do it pretty well. Jordan Love will get his chance this season. Uh, two of them mm-hmm. have made it to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately for them, they didn't win, but they made it and they proved themselves. And you get to 2021, and it's like, okay, so you got, you know, Trevor Lawrence looks like he's everything he was, you know, rumored to be. Zach Wilson doesn't look like it at this point. Trey Lance, who knows with his injuries. Um, Mac Jones, uh, you know, I, I think he's really good. How good he'll be, who knows? We'll see this year, hopefully. Uh, and who is the fifth one? Oh, uh, Justin Fields looks good. But still looks like a better running back than quarterback. So we have to work on that. Um, and the thing is, after two or three years, the novelty is worn off. Like if Tua, Tua can be, for some reason Tua is listed amongst other people as an elite quarterback. Not a knock on him. Not because I'm a Patriots fan. He plays for the Dolphins. I haven't seen elite level play out of him consistently. That takes consistency. He's proved he's good and he has talent. But. If he goes another year where he's injured and he's in and out or he's inconsistent, like that's going to go away too. And he's just going to be another guy who could have but didn't. And the league history is filled with those guys. And if you're the Lions and you have a guy who's still young, continues to play, but you're like, well, we want to bring in somebody newer. Maybe he's not our guy. He can get us to improve, but he's not going to get us over the hump, which I'm still not convinced he can't do, honestly. I think we still can see more from golf. <clears throat> As crazy as that sounds. He's trainable. If you want to go out there in two years and say, hey, we have a 30, 31-year-old quarterback without an injury history here, we don't see it long-term, but maybe if you think he fits for your franchise, maybe at that point if it's you know a team that's drafted some good, uh, maybe, maybe you see a team, I know it's in division, but uh, they wouldn't do that anyways. But maybe you'll see a team, maybe like the Atlanta. Atlanta. Maybe the commanders, if Terry McLaurin is, is is still in the peak of his career and is really tired of winning five games a year, you know, make that trade. You get it. You get some compensation back for him. I'm not saying I'd do that if he's playing at that high of a level, but you never know. Right. Teams do weird stuff all the time. It's possible. And, and I think the Lions have gone from perennial laughing stock to there's some there's some rays of light coming through. That, that tunnel that has been their failure for the past you know, three decades. Uh, and if you're a Lions fan, it's pretty exciting because you can go a couple different ways and still have a pretty respectable future for your team. And that's something they have not seen in a long, long time. And I, I think, honestly, Chris, the, the two people that he, uh, Bucky, is excluding uh, from the list, uh, Russell Wilson and Tua, uh, purely for financial reasons, I understand what he's saying on that part. I I wouldn't preclude these two from from that situation just because because Russell Wilson signed a five year two hundred and forty five million dollar contract last September, and he'll have eighty five million in dead cap next year. I, I don't. There's ways around it. I know it's really hard, but there's ways around that. Um, and then Tua's got his fifth year option picked up for twenty three. Uh, in, in the following season. So I don't think it, if I'm both those players, there is a possibility there is some draft picks uh, targeting quarterbacks if they don't have a productive season this year or in Tua's case, 
if he still can't stay healthy. Like the Mike White is not there for no reason in Miami. He is not there for no reason. He is there in the event that when Tua gets injured again, they have a productive quarterback. And if Mike White shows what he kind of sparkled in New York, you know, he'll have more assets in Miami than he does in New York when he had uh, when he was with the New York Jets. I don't know. I'm thinking that there's a door for Mike White in Miami. And with Denver, if Sean Payton doesn't like the direction Russell's going, I'm sure he'll figure out a way to get rid of him. Uh, Because I think right now Sean Payton has a little bit more power than Russell because of how recently the trade was made for Sean over Russell. The contract is what it is. Uh, those contracts can be kind of squirmed around if they need to to make it work. Trading at a certain time of the year, splitting that guaranteed money over different years. Would it be painful? Yes. But if if Sean feels like he can work, if he finds a quarterback that can replace him and work with less uh, but commit, get the most out of them. I think he would do that. It's so dismissing both of those guys just because of their contract situation, I, I think did a kind of a disservice to his list. And I don't think he should have outright just precluded them from that because no. of that reason. Yeah. I think, I think because Russ, Russ would be at number one and two, it would be somewhere between. Five and and two. I think two would be number two, honestly, to tell you the truth. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you're talking make possible. or break. It's, I mean, again, health reasons aren't too his problem. When he's been healthy, he's performed, but it's still a, it's still a factor in and uh, teams resigning you. So it, it's got to be a make or break thing. And I think I think at that point you just the two guys that you take off the list are are the obvious two, Mac Jones and Jordan Love, mm-hmm. and. You push you push Kirk Kirk down and Jimmy down and, and Jared Goff down and now your list makes a little bit more sense. I get the 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 perspective he's coming from. I just think it's I think it's just just it's I don't want to say dishonest, but I just like you can't just remove it from the no remove them from the factor because of their contract situation. And- Teams have made ways to make it work. And I would say this, if Mac Jones goes out this season, because we've seen one good season from him as a rookie, and then season, like I said, season two, so much, so many issues in that clubhouse calling plays. He was unhappy. People in the clubhouse were unhappy. If he goes out this year and is kind of like, eh, middle of the pack again, then the following year, without a doubt, is make or break, because that's going to be, you know, this is the year Patriots are going to have to decide after the season to pick up the fifth-year option or not. Right. Uh, and that'll be, for sure, 2024 will be make or break. And it'll be the same for um, my guy. We just said the uh, the other guy, uh, Jones, and who else was we saying we were saying would make? Oh God, Justin. Who? Justin Fields or? I uh, got somebody else in mind too. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it'll be the same for for them. And uh, oh, oh, uh, love Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Um, yeah. You know, if he goes out this year and is mediocre. Then he'll be going into the final year of his restructured contract, and that'll be a make or break year. So, 
a lot of ride on this year to see if they're going to make or break players the following year. But I think you need you need two seasons, and then you can have the third year be the you know have the third year to look at, and then you can say make or break because right. Look, Josh Allen wasn't the Josh Allen we know now until year three. I mean, he looked like he couldn't hit waterfalling out of a boat the first two seasons. I mean, if he threw a deep pass. If it was in bounds, that was impressive. I mean, this guy, just the difference from year two to year three was so incredible. He put so much work in. As much I hate to admit it because he's a division rival. Like, he's an amazing quarterback now. And, um, you know, sometimes it takes a little time to develop. Yeah, absolutely. Well, these lists are always fun. Uh, let us, you know, if you have any uh, difference of opinion or anybody you think should be added or removed from the list, um, you know, as well as anything else sports related, Ben and I would love to hear from you. And where can I get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod, Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports, and Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you haven't done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, and ask a friend to do the same. We'd appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next week. Thank you.